the Nux Invitational yep. is this weekend. If you haven't downloaded the WGT <clears throat> Golf app and joined the DNVR Clubhouse 2.0 now, or just DNVR Clubhouse, go do that right now. Like I said, we have a tournament going on this weekend, and they're always so much fun. Who Who's going to win it this week out of the DNVR fam? Who's going to be the best? There will be no winners this week. There will merely be a survivor. <laughs> wow. Okay. Isn't is an even par going to be a good uh, like a winning score on this course? You think? I don't think anyone's going to shoot par. Yeah, I think it'll be over par, like a good old U.S. Open score, like two Love over it. wins it. Good luck. Yeah, we do. We do have to talk about um, the match since we haven't talked about that on this podcast because that was entertaining as heck in my opinion Maybe. it was so good and betting on DraftKings sportsbook made it like 10 times better living and dying on every shot because you could bet on literally every shot it was it was awesome yeah I legit screamed at my tv when uh Tom made that made that shot it was just like a what is the luckiest <laughs> golf shot in the history of golf and I'm pretty sure we've all seen somebody hit a golf shot like that before the, like, the only thing is like oh go ahead i was just gonna say one of our buddies just like pulled off this ridiculous golf shot who's been shanking balls all day on the course <laughs> just comes out of nowhere to get off something like that i mean the one thing i'll say though is that like average everyday golfers don't spin the ball backwards like that and so that was like the one part of it i was like okay that was legit like he hit that absolutely perfectly to be able to get it to zip back like that like i I play a lot of golf, and I rarely get the ball to come back like that. So, well, that was like his only shot of the day that had that backspin, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's probably just watching lucky him contact. struggle. Watching him struggle was pretty pretty entertaining. <laughs> it was great. And then the the trash talking from Peyton Manning himself was very very entertaining, and it was really great to see a uh, Tom mentioning my birds, my eagles, so much. I was like, oh. Still in there. <laughs> Peyton, Manning is, Peyton Manning is such a good trash talker, and Tom Brady just is not. He's just, like, so corny, and Peyton Manning was so cool that whole round, I thought. I could not handle big guy. He was calling everyone big guy. Big guy. I I thought the most cutting blow was from Tiger Woods because, like, Peyton and Tom, they've probably been talking trash back and forth forever, but on, like, the third hole – Brady just blasts his drive right again. And Tiger comes through with the, I think that'll be in the fairway <laughs> on the seventh hole. I was like, oh, damn. If Tiger Woods just like cuts you down like that, it's hard to come back from. All right. Power rank the top five most irritating things to be called. Like big guy, buddy. Chief. Bob. Oh, Chief. Oh, yeah. Boss. I, call, I love to call people Chief when I'm being a jerk. <laughs> I, I love it. It's uh, my go-to sport. <laughs> Calm down, Chief. Yeah, yeah. that'll really get. Buddy someone. and woman. Those oh, are, those well, are yeah. Like, woman, I'm like, yo, no. <laughs> but anyways, if you're interested, download WGT and join the DNBR Clubhouse and partake in the Nux Invitational this weekend. It's going to be so much fun, and you can do that by going to dnbrgolf.com. 
Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I was down at the DNVR bar last night, saw Allie and RK in real life for the first time in months, and uh, threw back several Breck brews, uh, spaced properly, of course, uh, before taking time to, to come home. Man, it was good to be out again. Those wings and tots were delicious. Uh, those Breck brews were, were hype, but, uh, you know, then you have your Strava Craft coffee. <laughs> Drew, you said something at the bar yesterday that you're like, wow, this mango mosaic Breck brew is so good. Why don't we talk about this more? Right. I didn't even know it was a thing. It's always awesome. It's like, and we're obviously familiar with all this stuff. I get the 15 can sampler. I, I, try, I haven't had the Mountain Breeze yet, and that's just. Because I haven't been able to, to get to Beach. one. Mountain Beach. See, I knew. See, if I if I'd had one, I would know. But uh, yeah, the other one was the Nitro Irish Red Stout. Oh, that mm-hmm. I hadn't had that before either. So that's another reason to come down to the bar. You can get some of that stuff. You can get member beers, and you can get them. Um, uh, the member beers are big, guys. Nah. I actually opted out of a member beer and went with the smaller beer the other that day. That should be illegal. Yeah, you shouldn't make that public. No. I I told Drew my reasoning yesterday, and he understood I had reasoning. It takes me a while to drink beer. So if I get the member's beer, by the time I get, like, close to it being done, it's, like, lukewarm. And so I don't want to disrespect the beer like that. You're you're misjudging the problem. The problem is that you drink your beers too slow, not that the beers are too big. So speed it up. (laughs) If I already drink tequila quickly, if I drink beer quickly too, you guys would all be judging me way harder than than that right now. We would not judge if it was a member's beer. AJ's nodding his head. So, but definitely the DNVR bar is open um, 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. Wednesday through Sunday. Ryan and I have been there these last. Rudolph's on here telling me to chug Alley. I don't have a beer right now, Uh, Rudo. But um, I think Adam said he's going to try and get down there today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Same with Harrison. Definitely come hang out. It's a lot of fun. And, of course, we are social distancing and following all of those guidelines that are have been put in place. But but it's a fun time. Yeah. Awesome. The, the member beers are so legit that I saw some guys down there yesterday who were just like – they happened to be regulars at the bar before we took over the bar. And the bartender told them about the member beers, and they were just like, they started doing the math in their head, and they were like, I feel like that's going to pay for itself in like 10 yeah. beers. Like, we'll definitely <laughs> sign up. I, I think like you've said before, RK, this is another example of you're losing money by not subscribing and becoming a it's, member. 
it's quite true quite true <laughs> well as you guys have probably already heard and the people watching the live stream know uh i've got rk aj hayfley harrison Wynn, and drew creaseman on today's podcast with me and we're going to jump right in because there's finally some news. The NHL announced their plans to move forward with the postseason. There were a lot of things that came out of that announcement. So, AJ, I'll just turn it to you. Can you break it down for us? What exactly is happening in the NHL? Yeah, so 24 teams are going to are gonna be allowed to return to play. Uh, the seven baddies have to just go home and wait until next season, I guess. So The seven baddies. Yeah. The <laughs> Sucks to be them. So try getting good, guys. Um, so they've got they've got the top four seeds in each conference are going to have like a, a round robin uh, where they're going to play each other for the top four seeds. And the other eight teams in each conference are going to play a qualifying round, a best of five, uh, in which it's seeded based on regular season points. And go from there. Um, the winners, the winners get to go play in the first round of the playoffs. The losers get to go home and join the baddies. So that's and this, the gist. and this is all supposed to start in July. Oh yeah, the the well, it's probably going to be August now. Um, they announced yesterday that training camps won't get started before July 10th, mm. and so they're trying to get they're trying to get three weeks of uh, training camp in. So we're looking at early August, realistically. That's going to be right in the middle of training camp. And and with that, we can go into our topic of today. Um, our discussion is going to be how this pandemic might lead to permanent schedule changes for some of these sports apps playing in the summer, Nuggets playing in the summer. I'm just going to go around and want to know what you guys think do you think that this could be a permanent change? Ryan, I'll start with you. I don't know which ones might end up being permanent changes, but I can say this, uh, and everyone here knows that I love all the sports, but none of these sports should ever be trying to compete with the NFL. Uh, and I think that as much as they could possibly avoid them, um, that's for the better for them. What the situation will be, but I think that that would probably be the move for all these teams to minimize how often they are uh they are interact they are crossing over with the nfl i mean the nhl is already terrified of any and all football in general <laughs> uh they don't they you don't see they, that with their schedules how they yeah, make their schedules they don't schedule any uh really any sunday games in the first three or four months of the season because guess what people do on sundays in the fall they watch football so you don't get you don't get Sunday <clears throat> afternoon games or anything like that because they're not going to compete. Like they're just they're, they just won't do it. The NHL will not do it. It's why the schedules are so backloaded because they wait until like they they take their chances. They're like, oh, March Madness, cool. Like we'll we'll schedule against March Madness all day, but we won't schedule against the NFL. So they're all they're already terrified of the NFL and and football in general because there's not very many Saturday games. Um, like they don't, they won't schedule like a, a day of hockey on Saturday. They just jam them all in between six and 8 PM. And you're just like, okay, this is stupid <laughs> because they, they won't schedule against college football either. Yeah. Harrison, how do you think it could affect, um, the NBA? 
I mean, there's been some in the league that I've wanted to go to a um, Christmas through end of July slash August schedule anyway. Um, that's been like a, a thing that some owners have wanted to because uh, there's probably going to be more money available. More, there's going to be more eyes on the league if you start it after Christmas since nobody really pays attention to the NBA regular season before Christmas anyway. And um, if you could really – I think the NBA would rather go up against baseball uh, at, in like the playoffs than uh, football at the beginning of the season. So I definitely think it's something that could stick with uh, the NBA for sure. AJ, you and brought I, this up in our chat. What do you think about it? Do you Are you for basketball being in the summer? Yeah, basketball is the one where the schedule just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't, I don't know why it placed itself as a winter sport. You know, like they, it, I just, I just don't get it. Like it's, you, you know, you, you roll down to the, to, to your, wherever, wherever you might have uh, hoops outside and they're not, they're, they're not people out there playing in the winter. They're doing it in the summer. <laughs> You yeah, know, like it's it's a perfectly acceptable summer sport, and with only baseball going on for for such a large chunk of it, like why why is basketball not actively looking to compete with that? And you do use Christmas as your jumping off point. Just make that be your your opening. That's that's your opening four games or whatever of the of the regular season, and then you can roll into July. You know, you can have uh, like a July Fourth playoff game. You I know, feel like, like do something like that. I feel like if you showed like an like a you know, I always talk about the alien who comes down. If you showed an alien all four sports, major sports uh, uniforms, they and you ask them what uh, what time they're played in, they would definitely point to basketball and say that's played in the summer. <laughs> in top season, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Drew, how do you feel about all of this? How would you feel if the MLB had some competition in the summer with basketball? It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> baseball um, attracts a particular kind of person and you show up for it or you don't. Uh, most people who follow baseball religiously also tend to follow their team. It's become much more of a, I think, you know, the NBA is a sport where a lot of people follow the NBA and they love LeBron or Steph Curry or whoever else you know and and they'll be fans of their own team too but they've almost always got that secondary thing that they root for especially if you're a nuggets fan yeah. and you've never been to the nba finals um and but in but but like rockies fans don't like most of them don't have that like so you might have an al team or something but baseball fans are mostly in or out at this point you have to play it basically when the schedule exists um it's a it's a perfectly Pay schedule. The one thing I think that they could do that could come out of this that could maybe mitigate if they're at all concerned about competing with the NBA is, and then this will probably never happen because of revenue, but fewer games on the schedule. And that's something yep. that they could recognize, um, you know, once they play, if they get in an 82 game season, we'll see how the owners and players negotiate. But, and sort of the teams you would expect win. If there aren't too many just crazy out of left field, if I may use a baseball analogy, um, results, then I think it sort of drives home the point that you, you you need a lot of baseball games that 162 might be a bit much. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny in baseball when, like, 
I don't know, your team's four games back of first place and it feels like a lot, but you're like, well, there is 112 games <laughs> left in the season. Yeah. And and then there's another like this, but like think about this. So we're talking about maybe an 82 game season, right? At 82 games through the season last year, the Rockies were the second wild card team in the National League. It was right after that they completely fell off, right? And so one of the skills, at least of baseball over the years, is how can you build your team over 162? But we, we would adapt. And it, I mean, the 150, we can cut 12 games off the schedule and, you know, have those. AT&T Sportsnet days. does it every year. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> 100% true. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think baseball would risk losing much of its audience to any sport that would sort of shift toward the summer um, with maybe the exception of if the NBA and the NBA would be smart to line up their playoffs with what is typically considered the dog days yeah. of the baseball season. Right, right? In July. That, yeah. Right after the all-star break, even when it's like we've had half the season, we've sort of done the thing. We mostly know who the good teams and bad teams are. And now we're just hanging in there to see if anyone's going to fall apart. That's usually when the Rockies fall apart. Um, but, <laughs> so you get rid of that part of the season, maybe that's beneficial. But yeah, no, I, I'd love to see the NBA in the summer. Um, and and I'd, I think that those two leagues could split that time up nicely. I mean, I think the NBA is almost a lock to uh, to move their schedule because there was a report today that came out they want to start this playoffs on July 31st. So, like, the latest, or I, I guess the earliest they could start next season is, of course, Christmas, which they're targeting. But, I mean, that's just going to set in motion, like, the calendar for the subsequent years. And I don't know if you yeah. can run next season from Christmas to – uh, the end of the July, and then suddenly switch back to your old schedule. It really sure. wouldn't make sense. So we're going to have a crazy August. We're going to have possibly basketball. <clears throat> we know hopefully uh, hockey. Then we're, we haven't heard too many reports about baseball, but we know a training camp and um, preseason for football, it's going to be – a lot all at once after not having sports at all for months. It's going to be pretty crazy. Drew, if, if baseball doesn't come back, if I've seen some people say that that could, that could very well be a possibility. How do you think that's going with all the teams playing with all the other pro teams playing? How do you think that'll affect the MLB? It won't. Uh, I'm actually working on an article right now uh, about halfway through it. And I understand everyone who's concerned it's not a good look. There could there be some damage done. Will some people potentially leave the game if they don't have a season and and not watch next year? Sure, they could lose some people. Uh, baseball will be there. Baseball will stand the test of time. Baseball is a part of who we are in a way that I think is more foundational than a lot of people realize. And I think even people threatening to leave the game. If there's no season, 90% of them are not, will come back eventually. If they leave yeah. or don't, uh, you, you come back. Baseball is more than an institution. It is, it is a necessary display of everything about the very best and very worst aspects of like humanity and sports and all of it. Like you can't, it will never go away. Baseball is forever. And we're stuck and, with baseball. That's right. 
and there have been uh you know we went back we've been doing these dnvr watches one of the things we did was watch a lot of those ken burns documentaries like baseball has withstood so much over 150 years uh in, including you know some of its best players dying in world wars and collusion and <laughs> integration and it's like throwing games yeah, people throwing <laughs> throw the, uh, the the Houston Astros and 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 stealing signs and it will survive. It will go on. Um, every time somebody thinks or pronounces that baseball is dead or that it's losing its audience or that the young people are going to go away, they are proven laugh laughably and inexorably wrong. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you on this, Drew. It's not going to go away. And I'll, I'll never understand the people who say, like, oh, yeah, well, when there was that lost hockey season, I just stopped liking hockey. Like, that makes no sense to me. I was like, I missed hockey a bunch, and then when it came back, I was really, really happy. Um, so I don't really get that, but I will say this. It's, baseball will lose people the same way that, uh, that hockey did. And what I think could be the most um, damaging to baseball is that it, it being gone – won't even really be noticed by the people who are ready to, to let it go because there is going to be hockey and basketball and football all happening during when that would have happened. So you people won't even have a chance to miss baseball. And then when it comes back, they might be, you know, they might, they might, there might be an NBA season during that time. And they just say, I don't need baseball anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's possible. I think that's going to happen. I, I say this a lot and I try to make a distinction that I'm not making a value judgment, but there are two kinds of baseball fans. There are people who are sports fans who generally enjoy all sports and baseball is a sport and they like to win and they like to watch baseball when the team is good. And if their team's not good, the second there's an opportunity to watch literally anything else, they will. These are the people who tweet out after a bad Rockies loss. Can't wait for Broncos see training camps around the corner. I don't have to watch this garbage anymore. Those people will always be a fickle bunch. And yes, this, this is a thing that will cost us some of those people. But the other people, the baseball fans, aren't going anywhere. And there, there's just too many of us. There's, there's way too many people who just, it, there is no replacement. There is no other sport. There is no other competition. There's no other game in the world where everybody in it fails more than they succeed. By design, uh, we, we, were, we were talking earlier, you know, who, who's going to win the WGT, whoever survives. That's baseball every year. I've said this many, many times on the DMVR Rockies podcast. You don't really win the World Series. You just lose slightly fewer games than everybody else. <laughs> you survived the season. That's it. And for, the, for those of us who live on that element of it, there's no replacement. Yeah, and even if there's Nuggets games – in the middle of July, um, it still won't replace going to Coors Field and having a beer in the sun. Right. Right. Yeah, that's definitely something that people will want to be inside on some of the hot days and um, have their families be inside. But just you can't replace being at a ballpark anywhere, drinking a beer and watching some baseball. Like you said, it is very it's in our fundamentals. That's the number one thing I want to do right now above anything else. <laughs> I, I want to sit at Coors Field. Third baseline or first baseline, and just drink a Breck brew oh. in like eighty-five degree weather. Oh, I know. I get be nothing better. 
when Patrick and I were running those nope. sims on the on the gaming thing, just the shots of Coors Field got us just like emotional. Come on, man. Is it... I mean, you even drove by it yesterday, and you were like, oh, oh how I've missed you. <laughs> and I sent out the pictures, and people were like, man, why you got to do that to me? Like, it just, it's a part of them, and they can't, it, it'll, it'll never go away. All right, well. Guys, the wait is finally over, not for sports to come back, but DraftKings has brought legal sports betting to Colorado. Understandably, it might have flown over your, under your, I was about to say over your head. That's that well, that's the correct term. Under your head. Would over over your head, you under the radar. Under the radar. There we yeah. go. Mix them all up. I blame my Spanish background for not understanding the weird phrases that are made here, but sports are coming back eventually, as we've talked about with the NHL in August, same with uh, basketball. So when it does, you're going to want to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sinus bonus of sinus. <laughs> you will not get a sinus infection from signing up to Sign up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get that sign up bonus. I need you guys to sign up, not sinus. Um, Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requiring 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan did that whole read in less than 20 seconds for our uh, explainers. And I don't know. It took him like two tries to get it all down perfectly in a very quick voice. I don't know how you did that. I thought you were going to say Ryan call the phone number. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think out of Ryan and Andre, it would be Andre as he's already at around 100 bets that yeah, he's placed. He's, he's given out 100 picks in like three weeks. Jeez, <laughs> what a legend. What a legend. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had to get the video in under 220 so we could put it on Twitter. <laughs> we got to have that disclaimer on there. So Ali's like, you got to do this in 20 seconds, can you? I'm like, oh, I can try. The first time he did it, he did it in 45 seconds. So we were like, that's too long. You got to cut it. Is it wow. possible? Twice pretty crazy. <laughs> exactly. Double time. Yeah. But with talking about DraftKings, I've, I've brought it to the Twitter world, so might as well bring it here real quick. Um, Premier League has announced that they're back. I'm trying to choose a team to bet on, to watch, to be a diehard fan. Drew, you're, well, I guess you. it was easy for you to adapt the abs as a new fan since you live in Colorado, and that was pretty easy. But I am struggling because I have no ties to any of these teams. Um, Ryan is a Wolves fan. Since birth. AJ <laughs> yeah. texted me, choose Chelsea. Drew, do you have a team? Chelsea was my team back in the day when I followed – uh, the league for a little while in the days of DJ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, Drogba uh, was a beast. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Chelsea. And I played as them in FIFA for a long time. That was my team. Harrison, do you have a team? I like Chelsea too. It's going to sound oh crazy. My but... God. My man. 
I want that as a drop. My man. <laughs> um, I'm having a really hard time. I've I've brought it down to five teams. Um, Chelsea being one of them, but West Ham, which I love West Ham and I would have chosen them, but there's a chance that they're uh not gonna even be in the they're gonna go have to go down. Relegated. Yeah, relegated, relegated, correct. Which that would be kind of Heart. I mean, I know I'm used to pain being from Philadelphia, but I want to get into this, so I don't want to choose never a seen, team that's about to be relegated, and then I can't even watch them. You've never seen the Eagles get sent down to college football before. <laughs> <laughs> I think my heart would be like broken. Um, who who else was on my list? Uh, Arsenal. I've had a lot of people say like. You gotta support them because of Kroenke, and then other people have been like, "No, you don't." reason not to bounce. <laughs> so I used I'm to so actually much. root for Arsenal a little bit, like way long ago when Thierry Henry was playing, because he was my guy. He was my guy. Mm. Uh, my thing is like, if you have an op- if you have the option, why would you choose to support another Kroenke team? Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, but the reason that that I'm having people, I'm having people text me about this, send me videos, gifts as to why I should support their teams. My brothers have been watching uh, Premier League and supporting Arsenal since 2006 or 2007. So now I've got people saying, well, it's in your blood. Your brothers chose that team. That's just the team you got to choose. So I'm I'm having a really hard time. Um, And last we were Man City and then Wolves. Um, Mm -mm, No, Man City. No, that's not. Not Man City? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think it should go down to those two. I think it should be either Man City or Wolves. <laughs> Chelsea is too easy. Chelsea. Chelsea is too easy to choose. Yeah, um, I feel like I would be called bandwagon fan for choosing Chelsea. You're literally a bandwagon fan of any of them, given how you're doing this. <laughs> well, no, not if you choose a team that isn't succeeding. A team at that's about to time. get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is how I chose my Canadian football league team. I had I had fans from each of the teams present pitches to me until I narrowed it down. It was great. Strategy. I mean, imagine coming into Major League Baseball and choosing the Miami Marlins as your team right now. Don't like what, you're going to be a bandwagoner. What are you talking? It's two championships. <laughs> Storied history. Yeah, exactly. They've won. They've won twice in what twenty five years. That is thirty true. years. Yeah. That is that is accurate. They're also the worst run team in baseball by far right now. Details. <laughs> I mean, wh- when was the last time an EPL team that wasn't like Chelsea, Man United, Man City, like actually or Arsenal actually won it? Um, Leicester City just a couple of years ago when they oh, were like yeah. five thousand to one odds or whatever at the start really? of the year That's and had right. that miraculous run. That's right. Or a other, than, other than that, though, I can't imagine it's been, uh, it's been too varied. <laughs> oh, we both, died. we both died at the same time, but we're back. Um, I didn't hear anything you said. All I heard is you're going to be a bandwagon no matter what. And because you said that, my internet just got sad and just left, <laughs> AJ. Nice. You know, I don't want I don't want to be a bandwagon. That's why people are like, you should just stick to West Ham um, because they suck. And they're going to get relegated. So then you're a true fan. And I'm just like, but I want to be able to watch it. doesn't make you a true fan. It just makes you a masochist. Also, they they aren't. It doesn't look like they're going to get relegated. Like, 
they would have to have a pretty brutal end of the season to get relegated. So I don't know, guys. This is going to be a hard decision, but uh, we can move on from that. I need. I think I'm going to watch them play because I have. I grew up playing soccer, so I really I love soccer, all of that stuff. So I think I'm going to watch them play and then make my decision. Yeah. But once you see my guy Adama Traore on the pitch, you'll fall in love. I feel like I don't want to choose the Wolves specifically because you like them. <laughs> I feel like that's the only answer to that. Just nodding very happily. Um, okay. I did the same thing with Patrick Lyons, by the way, the very moment he chose a KBO team because he went, shoot, now I can't remember. I think he went Giants, so I went Twins. Or no, he went Dinos. He went Dinos, and I went Twins. I just Dinos taking an L last night to Eric Samsung Lions. How about that? I know, and they're bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love the KBO for the pitcher whose name is Jokic. Yeah. And oh, yeah. at least I it's pronounced that way, and that's awesome. Because hearing someone an announcer say Jokic on my TV brought like joy. To my heart. <laughs> yeah, always bet like, on Jokic. Jokic. He's 3-0. and He's got, I think, the second best ERA in the KBO right now. Great beard, too. Unlike our Jokic. <laughs> Can you imagine Nikola Jokic with a great big old bushy beard? Oh, no. it'd be awesome. It would make him like 10 times more intimidating. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it. Um, but exactly, that proves my point with the KBO. I just jumped on a team. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll like the Twins. But do I care enough to watch their games all the time? Yes, they're at 3 a.m., most of them. But no, I'm like, eh, okay, go Twins. Sure, whatever. I want to, like, passionately follow um, a Premier League team. So that's going to be a hard decision for me. The great thing about, like, Premier League soccer is that they're basically w- one game a week. Um, so it's more like football in that it's much less of a commitment. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, we had one of our subscribers um, de- message me in the DNVR lounge. His name is Tal. He has a fun question for us to talk about on the podcast. He said, if teams could have different home fields, kind of like the MLB does, how would that affect gameplay in your sport? And what changes would benefit the Denver teams the most? Mm. So I was thinking about Yeah, this. I'll start with you, Ryan. I was thinking about this from a football perspective. I think that teams that are more defensively inclined would want to have longer fields. So, like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who generally have a good defense, or even the Broncos, who in their history have normally been a very good defensive team, might have, like, 120, 130-yard fields to make it even harder for teams to go down there and score. Um, That would be an interesting impact. Of course, you could have, like, the XFL – or not the XFL, the Arena Football League style where they just had the boards, like, up against the field, almost hockey style. Maybe teams won't do that. Um, Sounds dangerous, but – yeah. Uh, that that was what I was just thinking of. Like, and then and then maybe the Chiefs are going for like a sixty-five yard field so they can just score in two plays every time. Just everything you said just sounds weird and wrong. It'd be terrible. <laughs> that that's why this isn't a thing because it just that there would be too much. I feel like there actually wouldn't be enough left to chance. You think that like teams wouldn't abuse this, and then you look at baseball, and the Houston Astros just decided we're going to put a hill in the middle of our outfield. <laughs> Left field's going to be that 130 feet away. Yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, the Astros. 
Like, right, how, like how, how did that get through? Like, they were like, okay, right at the end here, there's just going to be a big slope. What do you guys think of that? And they're like, yeah, that works for me. Yeah. It, was like, it was like 430 feet away, so it didn't come into play very often. Still so dumb to just put that in the field of play. <laughs> Harrison, how could you see this affect the NBA? Like, how... Like, Ryan gave a few examples of teams, the way that they would use it to their advantage. How do you think the Nuggets would use this to their advantage? Well, it's actually funny because there have been some, uh, like, creative articles out there and some writers who have posed this question. Like, what if on your home court you could move the three-point line back to 35 feet or so? You know, or or maybe on your home court you could decide if there would be a four-point line. That could vary by arena, so... I mean, oh obviously, God. if you've got like yeah. a shooter like Trey Young or James Harden or Steph Curry, you could move the three-point line back, which I feel like would put you at a big advantage. Now, I was thinking about the Nuggets, though. I feel like the Nuggets would want on a wider and a slightly longer court just to have as much passing space for Jokic mm. as possible. Like the uh, the Hail Mary full-court passes he throws, like he could put some extra air under those if the court was like 20 feet longer. He already does sometimes. He he will throw some down there like a quarterback, and they're just too high for for even Jamal Murray or anyone Mason Plumlee to grab. Yeah. What well, doesn't the entire NBA need to make the court wider already? Yes. I mean, the fact that there's like two inches of space for these guys' huge feet when they're shooting corner threes is kind of ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and um, the only reason they haven't widened the court is because at least from what people say is that they'd have to take away some of the courtside seating, which is like the mm. most NBA thing ever. Right. <laughs> it really is. I mean, All even right. like yeah. three or four inches would, would help. I know it, it, it's ridiculous. Like just the amount of people who step out of bounds in that corner area. Yeah. But the three point line, I feel like moving that back would be something that some teams would do. Some teams wouldn't probably the biggest one. AJ, uh, Rudo here says angled goalposts from a car. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> and the and the first time and the first time that it goes against them, we're gonna want to take them out. That's like true. the Bridage barrier. I was just gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Every time one of the Rockies guys hits one off of there, people go, "Ah, come on, ride it." All right, AJ, how do you think the abs could benefit from changing, having a different home arena, home ice? Uh, I'd get rid of blue lines, take away offside. Oh. Whoa. I think that would it's, be uh, wild. I think, it, I think it slows things down. Um, and uh, it would it would play into there. It would play into there. We want all the fast skaters, especially with Alex Newhook coming and Bowen Byram coming. You add two more very high-end skaters at their positions, and I think that that would be. I mean, it just it just allows them to get out and they could they could play the kind of style that they wanted to play when Patrick Waugh was the bad head coach, and all he wanted to do was flip pucks really high and have his skaters skate underneath the puck and and catch it, and. <laughs> You could go back to that because now you don't have to worry about timing it. You could just abuse all the space. Maybe maybe make the rink a little bit longer in addition to cutting the blue line because then it's all about speed. You don't want to make it wider because we see how that 
uh, that makes it easier to defend in Europe. So you don't want to you don't want to make it a lot wider, but you can maybe make it a little bit longer and, and remove the blue lines and play into the into the speed element a lot more. So yeah, exactly. You can't you can't have tons of goals overturned for offsides, and and no offside challenge will exist if you just cut blue lines. So uh, they got rid of the two line pass a couple of years ago, many years ago at this point, and that only made the game better. Next up is blue lines. Just get rid of them. Offside sucks anyway. Nobody likes it. Do you think that would almost instantly, in, like, really increase the goal scoring output? Like, yes. not just like ten percent, but maybe like thirty, forty percent per game. I definitely think it would have an advantage because you saw like uh, the last Avs game that existed was against the Rangers, and they cherry pick like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they, the Mika's advantage ad as soon as as soon as the the puck gets away from from the opposing team. Mika's advantage ad just skates the other direction. Like he's he's just, I'm out of here. And that's that's how they try and create offense for him. And it works. You take away blue lines, every team could easily do that. I mean, imagine you're you you put McKinnon with two very, very, very good defensive forwards who are great at picking pucks. And they pick someone's pocket and McKinnon just goes. Nobody's and defensemen don't have time to turn around and skate with that. Like they no, just let him just let him just it, it would just it would look like an all-star game and huh. which which great you showcase your skill and quit messing around with these quadruple a players and let's 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 get the real let's let's get the real speed and and creativity and hands in in the nhl determining outcomes of games love it what about widening the ice? Would that be beneficial for the Avs too? No, I wouldn't do it because they, they already do that in Europe and it already sucks. It, right. it, it makes it much easier to defend. Interesting. Yeah. Because you just you just pack in a little bit tighter and then they get mm. further away from the goal and you're just like, I'm comfortable with you 40 feet away from my net. Right. It's like the That's opposite true. I mean, you see that in ball in today's day and age. Yeah. yeah, and you see that in soccer. They'll let them dribble up on the side because they're like, okay, yeah. I'm comfortable. Well, hey, if you score from here, you've done something greater. My goal is getting replaced. So that's you know, you take your chances. It's all it's all it's all just figuring out the odds. So if you make it you make it wider, wouldn't help. I don't think it would help anybody. But it might it, like that. Like if you if you're Arizona, making it wider would make a lot of sense because then that that plays right into your style that you already go with. So. That that would make sense for them for Colorado. Make it longer and get rid of blue lines. All right, Drew. With you, it's a bit hard since, uh, of course, we already have different um, home fields on each uh, with each team in the MLB. But let's ask you how if there was a way for you to fix cores, how would you? What would you do? Take it off the moon. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I AJ. Um, I've actually advocated for a while now. Uh, you can accomplish this in one of two ways. You can either move the fences in a little bit or you can uh, – it, it accomplishes the same thing, but really what you do is you move home plate forward about 10 feet or so, and then you readjust the rest of the field around it. You shrink the outfield because since the invention and implementation of the humidor – and a lot of people haven't recognized this. The issue with Coors Field has not been an inordinate number of home runs. They're, they, in fact, they've 
rarely led the National League in home runs since the Humidor has come into place. In terms of hits allowed, batting average at, that's where, and it's that giant outfield, that's really what turns Coors Field games into that much extra chaos. The giant outfield was originally supposed to sort of mitigate mitigate the fact that the ball was flying so far. But we've, we've done that now. We've got the Humidor. Uh, it's done its job. Uh, we've got the Breitich barrier, which I think is a good thing. has done its job. Um, and I think that- For people we, who don't know what the Breitich barrier is, will you explain? Yeah, they extended, uh, they basically made a, a much higher wall out in right center field where there was this just jet stream where if you kind of hit the ball in that general direction, it could get caught up there and go into the Rockies dugout for an incredibly cheap home run, especially right-handed hitters swinging late at fastballs. Uh, you're getting emergency home runs uh, and uh I guess if we're going to give him credit for it or blame either way, Jeff Breidich and some other people decided, you know, we, we wanted, they're only going to turn them into doubles, but we got to stop allowing these home runs to really kill our pitchers. They put that up. I think it has mitigated some of the chaos. And I think the next logical step is to make that outfield a bit smaller by moving the fences in or, or moving home plate up. Yes, there will probably be, you know, a few more home runs hit, and it's, it's going to be a tough balance uh, because then people are going to go back and say, oh, my God. And you're going to get that dumb backlash from a national audience who already think Coors Field is a launching pad. And they go, they're moving the fences in at Coors Field. That's the. Man, I'm out. We're doing all kinds of. Thing here. Uh, I'm so sorry. I do not know what's going on with my Internet today. There's just nothing I've been able to do to not to have a sturdy connection. But that's life. You know, okay. it's funny. This pandemic has definitely taught us like you need to have good Wi-Fi at home. <laughs> <laughs> like um, I went on Broncos Europe uh, earlier this week and um, talked to those guys and they were just apologizing for some technical issues. And I'm like, guys, we've we've all gone through technical issues like no other during this time trying to figure out technology and the internet and all, all that stuff. Uh, Ruta has a comment for you, Drew. <laughs> yeah. We're bright. It's jumping in. Don't tell them that that's what has to happen. It did. It's, it's, I mean, how many Rocky center fielders have to have their career cut in half because of injury before we realized that asking you to patrol a football field 81 times a year is just absurd. Look at the layout <laughs> of Coors Field over Fenway Park. The, the outfield is twice as big. And if you've never been there and looked at it, it's literally their outfield is, is like the size of two and a half football fields. That's what are you, what are you talking about? That's insane. Um, and the pitchers would be in favor of it. That's what's funny is like the national audience would be, I can't believe they're making it a more offensive environment. If you pulled Rockies pitchers and asked them, we're going to move those fences in, you might give up a few more home runs, but your outfielders might be able to, you know, catch a blooper down the line or get to the occasional <laughs> ball in the gap or a ball in right center field, left center field aren't automatic triples for guys with Daniel Murphy speed. I watched Daniel Murphy hit a triple last year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just saying. Hey, hey, Drew, is there a trend that's going on with the newer stadiums that are being built if the outfields are, are bigger or smaller? Or what's kind of the trend or where's the trend going? I think, yeah, people have started to realize that unless you're the Yankees and Red Sox and can just get away with it, um, you, you want to have a more neutral ballpark because you don't know how you're going to be able to build your team over the over the years. Um, and, you know, sometimes you might be more pitching oriented. Sometimes you might be more hitting oriented. Uh, so, yeah, I think people look at the more specialized ballparks and see, like, it, it's it's more of a disadvantage uh, than anything else. Uh, there were times like where the Giants, when their pitching was great, they were able to take advantage of that ballpark and win a couple of World Series in there, despite the fact that they weren't super great. So it can it can go the other way too. But you run a risk, and uh, Rockies fans know how it feels. <laughs> if the Rockies could just uh, you know use their advantage to attract big time free agent hitters and then actually be able to afford them, we might be having a lot more fun. Right. And I know a lot of people that, that have said they just need to go back to that. And I'm, I go the other way. I really do think it's just the, the truism of baseball. You have to pitch. But I know some people go, just get a team full of sluggers and try to score 12 or 13 runs a game because uh, that's who wants to play here anyway and then just have the pitching to survive. I, I don't know that that's a winnable strategy, but it sure is fun baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's I want to see fun baseball. I want to see Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Giancarlo Stanton, like I want, I want the the lineup to just keep on getting more and more power. Right. Well, and the DH is coming, so like Nelson Cruz, who can't move but hit like thirty-five home runs last year. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of guy we're going to start seeing more of at Coors Field. That'll be fun. Jason Giambi was so much fun in a Rockies uniform. Imagine if we had the DH back then; he'd have been out there every day, just going yard. Strike out or homer. Strike out. I mean. At least 30% of the people at Coors Field only look up when they hear the sound of the crack of the bat. <laughs> so, so the more of that you can get, the better. Maybe if there were more homers that hit the rooftop, people on the rooftop would pay more attention, pay more attention. to the game. There you go. Love it'd, it. It'd be dangerous. You have to pay attention if you're going to be up there. Hashtag shut down the humidor. Cargo hit one up there. Yeah. All right, well, before we wrap up today, the MLB draft is coming up June 10th. And, Drew, you guys are doing a lot of coverage for that. Uh, we will be doing a show, Draft Day Live 2.0, for the for the MLB like we did for the NFL. And it's going to be really exciting, Drew. You guys have some guests lined up. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Drew, yep. tell us about your draft show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys got planned? Am I still here? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're out there somewhere, Allie. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be Am somewhere. I back? I can't even tell. You're back, but a little <laughs> glitchy. Well, we are also unsure of your, your backness. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Quality. I'm like, am I in? You guys are frozen, but I'm still <laughs> moving. Um, Drew, just keep talking. Yeah. Okay. Very excited. The Rockies have the ninth overall pick and the 35th overall pick. We're going to be doing our live draft show. We're going to be talking to all kinds of people, hopefully, you know, some people in the media, some ball ballplayers. Um, hoping to get some people in the Rockies front office to chat with us. 
Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, breakdowns of every player that's drafted at the top. We're going to have obvious super in-depth analysis about whoever the Rockies end up selecting. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the entire organization so that you know immediately where they fit in in terms of their prospect status, their organizational value, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Taking a look across the NL West to see how all of this is sort of going to permeate, you know, through baseball over the next couple of years and and how the Rockies could look in a few seasons and uh, you know taking a look at some of the most recent draft picks over the last couple of years that the Rockies have some of which they've done very very well with your John Gray's your Kyle Freeland's your Ryan McMahon's and then you've got your Riley Pints and and other guys who you know haven't done quite as well as so I'm super stoked for the draft because we've never covered it like this before and the MLB draft doesn't typically get the kind of attention or hype the other ones do and there's a lot of good reasons for that but i think that there's a way to make uh the mlb draft a, a super intriguing thing to follow and i'm excited for us to kind of forge through and figure out a way to do that yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm very excited it's gonna be similarly produced to um the nfl draft day live like you mentioned we'll have guests we'll have graphics we'll have highlights um it's gonna be a new look at how to cover the MLB draft, which I feel like a good amount of people haven't actually taken the time to watch, but will now because there's really nothing else going on. But it looks like we've got a good crew headed to the bar tonight. So definitely stop by if you want to hang out 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And don't forget to check out all of the rest of our content and all of the podcasts these guys do on thednvr.com. Before we head out, Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. These guys have been around since 1972 and are the absolute best at what they do. They've remained open during this crazy pandemic and helped supply products to other essential businesses. Be sure to call them today for any of your needs at one 800 259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have any questions you want us to answer, definitely tweet at me or write me in the DNVR lounge and we will talk about those next week. Bye. Happy Friday.